recording. All right, so first of all, welcome to Tammy and Laura and Sherry and Hama, Leslie, Stacy, Lisa, Aaron, Elizabeth, Liz, I should say, Heather, Jordana, Mara, Robin, Larissa, Sheila, Mara, are you new? Um, this is my second time. It's just been a little while. Well, welcome back. It's good to see you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, okay. So today we are studying for a merit for a complete recovery for a Jewish friend who has been very supportive of Israel and the Jewish cause. Tammy, will you say her name for us so we can all have her in mind? Yes. Um, do I say bot even I'll say Barbara sure. Madeline. Yep. Amen. May she have a complete recovery and may she not be in pain and may there be many more like her in the world. Amen. We need friends right now. Um, okay. So we're going to start with a quick prayer. So Amen. Um, bear with me here while I share my screen. Okay. Do you guys see the Psalm 23? Yep. Okay, cool. We're going to actually go down to Psalm 121. We'll say it in English and then Hebrew. Feel free to say it along with me or just listen and say amen at the end. A song of ascents. I lift my eyes to the mountains. From where will my help come? My help is from God who makes heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to stumble. Your guardian does not sleep. Behold, the guardian of Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. God is your guardian and God is your protective shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. God will protect you from all evil. He will guard your soul. God will guard your goings and comings from now until forever. Very poignant words for our soldiers. Now in Hebrew... Shir Lama Alot Esa Enai El Heharim Me Ayin Yavo Ezri Ezri Me Im Adonai Ose Shamayim Vaaretz Al Yitain Lamot Raglacha Al Yanum Shomracha Hine Lo Yanum Velo Yishan Shomer Yisrael Adonai Shomracha Adonai Tzilcha Al Yad Yeminacha Yomam Hashemesh Lo Yakeka Viyareach Balaila Adonai Yishmarcha Mikol Ra Yishmar et Nafshecha Adonai Yishmar Tzetcha Uvoecha Meata Viad Olam. Okay, we're going to go now to the Achenu prayer. First in English, our brothers, the whole house of Israel, who are in distress and captivity, who wander over sea and over land, may God have mercy on them and bring them from distress to comfort, from darkness to light, from slavery to redemption, now, swiftly and soon, and let us say, Amen. And now in Hebrew, Achinu kol beit Yisrael, hanetunim batsara uvashivya. Haomdim bain bayam uvein bayabasha, Hamakom yerachim alehem, the yotziem mitsara lirvacha, 
ume afela laura umishibud ligeula hashta baagala uvizman kariv binomar amen i have to share with you guys um welcome laura and debbie so good to see everyone welcome leah um that i saw a video there there are so many videos like if i wanted to i could have a full-time job called watching videos i mean there is so much content and i i seriously want to see everything but i don't have the time to see everything but the there was one soldier her name was ori hold on let me just close my door this is chilling thank you for sharing what and this is chilling the soldier Uri. so thank you for oh, sharing because yeah oh my gosh i'm gonna post it on our chat which i'm just gonna make myself write about so i don't forget so there's this one soldier her name was ori i forgot her last name or can't pronounce it or whatever and she um she was kidnapped and she was one of the hostages and she was returned home and her mother who was a Sephardic jew um her faith that her daughter would come back was so unbelievably strong, rock solid. Like, like what you were saying, Heather, like so much confidence and so much emuna, so much faith. This will, this will end well. And they, I guess in the Sephardic tradition, I don't know, they, they took a Torah scroll and you know, the Torah scroll, they don't have it the same way as an Ashkenazi Torah scroll. Like it's, it's gold metal and it's round. And that's how they wrap the Torah. They took a Torah scroll and they paraded it through the house with this Hebrew prayer that just as the Torah scroll is here in our home, our daughter will also come back home. They and took it into her room, actually. Oh, they took it into her room. Wow. <laughs> and you just see the mother like talking to God, like talking to Hashem, like Hashem is her best friend. And she, she keeps calling him Borei Olam, creator of the world. Borei Olam, you will bring Ori home. Borei Olam, listen to me. Borei Olam, I'm shaking the heavens, you know, and the whole community comes in. And then she she does the mitzvah of challah in merit of her daughter. And she's, she's separating the challah, which is the mitzvah. And she's saying this prayer. And oh my gosh, it, it is so beyond powerful. And then the video ends with, you know, obviously the footage from her daughter coming home. And what struck me about this video, hi, Jody and Allison, what struck me about this amazing video was the way that she was approaching this situation was with 100% confidence that her, her, her prayers would be answered. And I found that so inspirational. Now, this woman, if you look at her, you wouldn't necessarily think she was a religious woman. She doesn't necessarily dress like that. But her, you know, this is very, you know, emblematic of Sephardic Jews. They just have such a strong faith that's like unsullied by intellectualism. It's actually magnificent. And I'm watching her and I'm thinking to myself, I need to be more like her, like this mother. And when you see videos of the soldiers and their their morale going into battle and their and their confidence and their faith and they're saying Shema before they're going into battle, you know, they're so optimistic. It's amazing. And that's what they need from us. And when I was preparing for class today, I was absolutely blown away. I mean, you'll see when we get to verse 14, you'll see what I mean. But of course, it's always meant to be that we're going to hear what we need to hear exactly when we need to hear it. But I just wanted to share that with you as we're praying. It shouldn't be this like prayer coming from desperation, like, oh, my gosh, what else am I going to do? Fine, I'll pray. But rather, no, prayer is a plan A. 
You know, it's like, it's like the greatest tool in our quiver. And, and we need to pray not with desperation and discouragement, but with total confidence and joy at what we firmly believe is going to be a happy end to this terrible story. So I just had to share that with you. Okay. Hello, Tova and Avril. So good to see everyone here today. Okay. So let us dive in. We are on chapter 18, verse 13. We're doing Malbim on Mishle, the book of Proverbs written by King Solomon. This book was written 3,000 years ago, and I am always amazed at its total contemporary relevance to what is going on in our lives. It's, it's astonishing. Okay, so here we go. Verse 13, um, this is also, 13 is also beyond, beyond relevant to some of the conversations that we may be, we, we may um, be finding ourselves having right now, whether in person or online with people who simply don't get it. Okay. So listen to how wise this is. Mm-hmm. He who answers a matter before he hears it. It is confusion and disgrace for him. Okay. So what is this talking about? This is talking about a person who enters into a discussion or an argument without really fully understanding what they're talking about. Hmm. I wish I could think of an example of when something like that might happen. Hmm. Oh, right. It just happened this morning on TikTok. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm having this conversation with somebody. I posted one of my videos. I'm pretty new on TikTok. And basically, I don't really follow anybody. I just repost my videos from Instagram on TikTok. And I don't know, 200 views, 300 views, nothing very exciting. I posted a video the other day. I don't know if any of you saw it. It was just a video of me sort of talking about what it feels like right now to be an American Jew and how in some ways I feel, you know, very American and English is my first language. And, you know, when I lived in Israel, there were lots of things I missed about America versus feeling like first and foremost, a Jewish person, which is what I'm feeling more and more now, you know, and I'm like, this video, it got 12,000 views so far hundreds of comments, people, I don't know, all the free Palestine people are just hanging out on TikTok waiting for someone to post a video with a hashtag Israel. And there's this one guy who's been arguing with me. He keeps accusing me of intellectual dishonesty. And he's like, do you realize, imagine if your neighbor killed your family, uh, if, if, if somebody killed your family members and then went to hide among your neighbors and you blew up all your neighbors. I'm like, so that's not an exact parallel of the situation. I think a real parallel to the situation is what if somebody killed all my all my family members and told me that they would definitely kill my whole community and then they hid among their neighbors and I told their neighbors that they were harboring a credible threat and they should evacuate so I could destroy the evil but the evil person wouldn't let the neighbors leave and so should I still destroy evil? I haven't been on TikTok since then so I don't know what he answered but it's like are you even listening? Do you have any information? I don't know if you guys saw, there was this other video that was going around of this guy who was um, 
going around, I think it was Columbia University, and he was asking people to sign a petition if they support Hamas to free Palestine. And they're like, oh, heck, yes. And he's like, okay, cool. Let me just tell you the terms and conditions. Do you believe that Jews and Christians and whatever all over the world should be slaughtered? And they're like, ooh, not sure about that one. Oh, okay. Do you think that being gay should be punishable by jail or death? And they're like, yeah, no, not so much. I'm not comfortable signing or signing progress. And you know, and I'm, not, you know I'm, not I'm not signing this. And he's like, yeah, I get that. That's okay. You know, don't worry. <laughs> and it's like, what? I mean, what? Do you even know what you're supporting? Have you done any research whatsoever? Right? You okay. said we like. How do you, I want to see that video? I did definitely did. I'm not. gonna send that one to you too. Thank you. Um, by the time this class is done, I'm gonna be like flooding you guys with videos. <laughs> um, but that was a winner, and it wasn't long either. I know sometimes people send me videos, and I'm like, seven minutes? Are you joking? <laughs> I have stuff to do. Um, anyways. So, but I will also say, and I, I saw your question in the comments, which I'm going to get to in a second, Allison. So one of the things that I think is so important, and, and again, I don't know, how, however many of you follow me on Facebook, I posted a picture on Facebook. I, I changed my profile picture temporarily to a picture. It was a piece of art that somebody had created that I thought was so magnificent. It was a picture of a Hasidic Jew and a soldier, an Israeli soldier embracing in front of the Kotel. And I thought it was so beautiful. I temporarily changed my profile picture. Unbeknownst to me, it provoked a whole hornet's nest of opinions Um and I was really trying very hard to do what this verse is telling us, which is to listen carefully to what people are saying, to validate them where they need to be validated, to respond calmly and rationally to their points without getting personal, as difficult as it is, because I know that I, and I'm sure I speak for many of you, are finding ourselves feeling very emotionally triggered by the, if you'll excuse the technical term, pigheadedness of humanity. So it's hard. It's hard to do what this verse is saying, but there is no way we will get through to people if we do not. And we still might not get through to people, but at least we're not being pigheaded and, you know, issuing these ad hominem attacks on people personally. We're keeping it classy. We're keeping it intelligent. We're staying calm. So Allison asked a very good question. What was the what is the risk of not responding to these comments? I mean, we cannot change people's opinions, so is it better to not respond? It depends. That's the answer. Number one, first thing that you need to care about is your mental health. You need to stay sane. If getting on these forums and having these discussions is dragging you down and making you depressed and discouraged and overwhelmed in real life, do not read them and do not engage. You can advocate in other ways. But if you are able to speak up for truth and for morality and for humanity and for Israel and for the Jewish people, I believe it is a mitzvah to do so. And I don't think it's true that you cannot change people's opinions. I think you cannot change certain people's opinions because certain people are coming into the conversation with a total agenda and you will be able to sniff out those people pretty fast, usually because they refuse to answer questions or they just keep saying free Palestine without explaining who should free Palestine, when should they free Palestine, where is Palestine, etc. But I think sometimes people are actually open I have seen with my own eyes, people change their opinions in the past three weeks. I have people who used to feel a certain way and now don't feel that way and I, I about various things. So 
you know, I, I think it's important for these comments, as Tammy said, to be addressed and not to just let them go unchallenged. Okay, let's read the commentary on this verse. So just to remind you, the verse says, he who answers a matter before he hears it, it is confusion and a disgrace for him, right? So this is like when a person is, we're provoked and we're angry and we're triggered and we answer, you know, impulsively and reactively without truly thinking it through. This is not a good thing to do. And we want to be careful not to do it. Not just now, in general. In general, this is not a helpful or um, productive way to communicate with people. Okay. Let's dive into the commentary. 13, page 191. It is the way of wisdom to give only a clear and lucid answer. Now, you understand that giving a clear and lucid answer means you have to think about it first. And that is one of the dangers of social media is that it's so instant. And But I think it's even actually more difficult when you're talking with a completely frustrating person in real life because it's so hard not to interrupt them and override them, right? In order to give a clear and lucid answer, you really have to think first, not just think about what you wanna answer, but think about who is the person in front of me? What are they capable of hearing? What are they not capable of hearing? At what point do you just block a person instead of continuing to have these you know, fruitless conversations? Okay, continuing in the commentary, therefore, obviously, we should listen carefully to a question in all its ramifications. You have to listen very carefully to what the other person is asking or saying. And by the way, that doesn't just mean listening to the words they're saying. It means listening between the lines, reading between the lines. What are they really saying? Are they just coming in to make some sarcastic or offensive or rude comment or are they truly asking genuinely? Um, also, a lot of times people say things simply from their own vantage point. Like when I posted that picture on Facebook, this one woman was very upset because her son is going to the army and she was very angry that the ultra-Orthodox guys in Israel, the Haredim, are exempt from the army. Now, that's a very important question. And I have had that conversation with various people and I have things that I would like to say about that, but I'm not going to say it to a mother who's hurting right now. That's not the right thing to say right now. Right now is my time to validate her and to listen to her and to connect with her, to thank her that her son is going off to the army while my son is in Cleveland State University. Yeah, that's my time to appreciate her and thank her, not to... Israel splain her, right? So there's a time and a place. You have to listen carefully to where people are coming from. Why are they asking the questions they're asking? Very often there is a person. And I said to her, I said, she's like, well, mothers of soldiers wouldn't like, and I said to her, are you the mother of a soldier? And she said, yes, my son is going in August. And I just said, thank you for your service to the Jewish people. That was not the time for me to start giving her lectures on why, you know, this kind of, these kinds of Jews do these things and these kinds of Jews do those things. And it's about unity. That wasn't the message that she needed to hear right now. So listening, truly listening means listening to also what is not being said so that you can answer the human being behind the question. 
you know, I once read something so brilliant on H.com, Rabbi um, Cooper Smith. I forgot which one. There are two brothers, Rabbi Eric and Rabbi Nehemiah. I think it was Rabbi Nehemiah Cooper Smith. He had written an article about why bad things happen to good people. A very, very beautiful article. I'll actually, I'll actually send that to you as well. Um, just writing myself a note. Anyway, so one thing that he was saying is he gave a whole bunch of approaches, you know, intellectual, philosophical, rational approaches based on Jewish sources and wisdom on why bad things happen to good people. And then he said what was perhaps the most brilliant part of the whole article. He said, when someone is reaching out to you in pain and asking you, why do bad things happen to good people? That is not the time to give them any of this information. He said, emotional questions require emotional responses. Logical questions require logical responses. So when a person is reaching out to you in pain and they're saying, my, my child is on the front lines, I'm scared. My child has cancer. My husband left me. Whatever it is that people are going through, that is not the time to start pontificating philosophy about why bad things happen to good people. That is the time to give them a hug and send them some love and bring them some chicken soup. So it's not just about what they're saying. It's about what they're not saying. And it's about reading their emotional temperature to understand what you should say, when you should say it, and what should not be said. Continuing in the commentary. Um, therefore, obviously, we should listen carefully to a question in all its ramifications in order to arrive at a clear view and thus earn the respect of the listener. That's when people actually start to pay attention to you. And also, I will add, as a side benefit, you're much less likely to regret something you said. Okay. So this person, one of one person came over to my page, not not a Jewish person. When I posted that, that picture of the soldier and the chassid embracing each other, and she basically what abouted me. She was like, "Well, what about the innocent civilians?" You know, and I decided to take her quite, even though I felt that it was very disrespectful for her to come on my page when my people have just suffered such enormous, painful losses. And I'm actually posting a picture about Jewish unity. It has nothing to do with the, I mean, specifically with the Jewish, non-Jewish conflict. And not, she did not even say once, I'm so sorry for what happened, for your losses. Instead, she right away came on and started talking about the losses of our enemies, right? It's like, read the room. And afterwards, so many people responded to her. She ended up deleting her comment, which in a way was a shame because it took, took down this really what I thought was a great conversation. I thought most people were being very respectful and it was a very, it was really a beautiful conversation. I thought for such a provocative, you know, comment that she had written, but it's like, I wish I could have told her like, read the room. This is not the time or place to what about our enemies losses. There's a time to talk about that for sure. But to talk about that without talking about our losses, to talk about that when we're bleeding and hurting, no. So there's a time and a place. And then she obviously regretted it because she took it down. So the other side benefit of really thinking deeply before you respond is that you're far less likely to regret something you said. 
right? So you, there's so many benefits. You're much more likely to speak productively. Your listener is so much more likely to actually hear you. And you are so much more likely to feel proud of your responses and of how you communicated. And I will add another side benefit, which the commentary does not say. <laughs> you will set an example to anybody else who is listening, reading, or watching that us Jews, we're not reactive, impulsive. We're not crazy in the head. We're not intellectually dishonest. We're listening. We're thinking. We're researching. We're validating. We're responding. We're being intellectually honest and we have integrity. And you're setting an example for what it looks like to be nothing less than a light unto the nations. And finally, the commentary says, if we rush into a reply before hearing the questioner out, we will give a confused answer and earn only disgrace. I cannot believe how on point this is for exactly what I feel like so many of us need to hear. Okay, pausing for comments and questions. Whoops. Yeah. I was just going to, am I on mute? Nope. You're good. I was just going to say that we learned this um, when sadly George Floyd was murdered by the police. And I don't understand, you know, I posted this on Facebook where the Jewish lives matter poster is, um, you know, black lives matter. We didn't say like, Oh, what about all these other people? And when other people said, well, blue lives matter too, or all lives matter, or white lives matter. We said, we are focused on where the house is on fire. The house is on fire. We're focusing on Black Lives Matter. When there was Asian hate, we put up Asian hate signs. When love is love is love, because of the heinous shootings in gay clubs, we focused on that thing. And that's where I don't understand why people aren't focused on the massacre at the music festival and subsequent things. That's what really offends me about the not reading the room. Because everybody read the room, or many people, I should say, not everybody, when all these other things happened. Sherry? Yeah. Uh, it's Tova. Hi, Tova. I know, I, I, this has been an ongoing battle for me to think about and see. Yeah. But I think that what it's telling us, um, which we've heard a lot from a lot of the speakers, is that anti-Semitism, unfortunately, is alive and well. Oh, yeah. And we're unique. We are unique in that. There's no logic to the hate at all. Yeah. We can be too rich. We can be too poor. We can too be isolated. We can be too integrated. We can be anything, but it's just, I think, Rachi, I think you said in one of your Shabbos classes, it's just what Hashem designed for us, unfortunately. Yeah. So putting that into perspective is really hard, but I think we're seeing it right in our faces right now that there's, cause there's no logic to it. There's no, there's no, there's no logic to people on campus when you have so many educated Jews on campus so many, so many professors on campus that are Jewish to have this kind of craziness that's coming out of kids on campus. It's yeah. just, yeah. it's not logical. Yeah, I, anyway, I agree. I agree. And there's, there's something tragic. else. Yeah. It's upside down. Well very said, upside. Toba. And, and I want to say something yes, else, thank you. Yeah. You know, as the Jewish people, we have always historically been social justice warriors. Right. 
And there's a reason for that. There's a reason why it's in our DNA to stand up for whomever we see as an underdog. And the reason for that is that it says very clearly in the Torah, many times, by the way, you shall look out for the foreigner because you were strangers in a strange land, right? right? I remember hearing Sarah Hurwitz in her book, um, Here All Along. Have you read that book? No. Super interesting. Sarah Hurwitz, she was a speechwriter in the Obama campaign. And in her 30s or 40s, I forgot how old she was. Oh, I did read this. <laughs> yeah. She like discovered Judaism at like yeah. a meditation retreat or something. And she wrote a book about it. She did a lot of study on Judaism. Fascinating book. Um, yeah. But one of the things she writes about is like, she, I think I'm quoting, I think I'm quoting verbatim. She says, God is literally obsessed with the foreigner. Like how many times God says, look out for the Levite who doesn't have a share in the land of Israel. Look out for the convert who doesn't have any Jewish family. Look out for the widow or the orphan, right? Why? Because you were strangers in a strange land. You know what it feels like to be a persecuted minority. It is in your national DNA to look out for the lonely, to look out for the underdog. And so us Jews have historically done that. It's in our blood. I don't even think that most Jews who do this know why they're doing it. We just feel called upon to do it, right? Now, we therefore expect the world to be social justice warriors for us. But here's the thing. They're not, they're not Jewish. And they don't have that national DNA. And they don't, I mean, if you think about so many people who are like, what about the Palestinians? Did you worry about the Palestinians during the civil war in Syria? Did you, are you worried about the Palestinians in Jordan? Or are, are you only worried about the Palestinians when Israel is involved, right? It's not about being a social justice warrior. So as Jews, we're so used to being so morally conscious that we can't figure out why is everybody not morally conscious? You're so right. Heather. Um, I was thinking about, cause you were talking about it's in our DNA and wasn't it Abraham, right? Like arguably the first Jew who fought with God to save yeah. other people. The dome in this week's Parsha. In this week's Parsha. Oh, Did you realize that? No, I had no idea. See? <laughs> See, awesome. for sure, right? In this Torah <laughs> portion, God says to Abraham, and by the way, it's very interesting that Hashem tells him that he's going to destroy Sodom. It's a very interesting verse in the Torah. God says, well, I'm going to destroy Sodom because they're totally corrupted and there's so much violence and this and that. And God says, should I conceal from Abraham what I'm about to do? No, I should not. So he tells Abraham, listen, I'm about to destroy this completely corrupted society. And Abraham starts fighting with God. He's like, I don't know, God, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't kill innocent people. What, what if there's righteous people there? Okay. What if there's 50 righteous people? And then they start arguing like they're at the shook. What if there's 50 righteous people? Okay, fine, fine, fine. I'll save them for 50. Well, what about 45? Can we do 45? Fine, fine. I'll do. What about 40? God, can we kind of like meet at 40 on and on? It's like amazing. It's an amazing story. So yeah, that's exactly, that's a perfect example, Heather. It starts right there. Abraham, the Jew, in this week's Parsha, telling God, you cannot destroy innocent victims. It's not Jewish. It's not justice. Amazing. Huh. Okay. Awesome. 
I know I'm, I find myself getting very fired up about Torah these days. Like it's so brilliant and prophetic. Everything is in it. Everything. It's unbelievable. Yes. Okay. So Anything else before we go on to the next verse? Okay, let's do it. Verse 14, here we go. Ruach ish yechalkel machalehu. This is the one that I was telling you is so crazy, unbelievable. Ruach ish yechalkel machalehu. The spirit of a man will sustain his illness. Veruach nechea mi yisa'ena. But a broken spirit, who can bear? Listen to how brilliant this is. This was 3,000 years ago before anybody fully understood, you know, scientifically the mind-body connection. What King Solomon is saying is that if your spirit is good, if your morale is strong, then even a physical illness can be sustained. But if your spirit is broken, you're not going to be able to handle anything. You know, there is a real disease called broken heart syndrome. And I've I've seen this happen to people that when a beloved spouse dies after many years, I saw this happen to my own grandmother. My grandfather's yard site was two days ago. Shalom Ben Yehuda Tzvi. I've spoken about him so many times, a very, very special and beautiful man whom I miss tremendously. And he was American born and he wanted to marry a refugee from the Holocaust. And the reason he did was because he wanted to marry somebody who was very, very religious and pious and faithful. And he found that the longer people had been in America, the less likely it was that they would have that connection to the Judaism. He, he was he, his father. His parents were Hasidic. He was less so. But he wanted someone who had that connection and that tradition. And so he specifically wanted to marry a refugee. And they were 18 years old when they got married. And my grandfather took care of my grandmother. from day, My grandmother came out of the war with one father and one brother couple cousins that was it the rest of their family was gone and he took such good care of her and she, he had <laughs> incredible personality he was so funny and he was so well spoken and everybody loved him and uh, my grandmother was pretty quiet and pretty shy this is not the grandmother that I talk about all the time the, the grandmother that I talk about all the time was that was my father's mother so much more uh <laughs> memorable personality but but this grandmother, my grandmother who passed away, her name was Nachi Heimwitz, very quiet. And, you know, my she never drove. My grandfather drove her everywhere. And, you know, that kind of relationship. Anyway, when he passed away, I think it's eight years ago now, something just died inside of her. I mean, she lived for another six years, but she was never the same after he died. And I just, I, I, and you know, you hear stories like this and you see things like this, that it's kind of like the person's spirit dies. And when their spirit dies, they just, they just don't continue, you know, in the same way, even if they're physically present, but their spirit is just not there. Right. So this is so interesting what we're saying. And, and when I read this verse, you know, when I was preparing, I couldn't get over again, like the spirit of the soldiers and their morale. And when they're going into battle and when they see how the whole entire Jewish people is rallying for them. I don't know how much you guys have seen. There's this one guy, he started in one guy in Israel. He started an organization called Biyachad Nenatzeach. That means together we will succeed. Okay. There's another video I'm sending you guys. You, you got to see this guy. His, his, 
his father, this guy who I'm talking about, his name is Shai Grosher or something like that. His father literally just passed away. His father's name was Deddy. He was a well-known Jewish singer. I don't think even more than a month ago, this guy is running all over Israel, organizing everything for the soldiers. The other day I saw a video. He literally brought a laundry truck to the desert with a bunch of washing machines and dryers. And he invited all the soldiers to come with their dirty laundry so he could wash it, dry it, and iron it for them. I mean, it's just a drop in the bucket of what this, and he was being so adorable. Like he smelled this one soldier. He's like, whoop, you're going to, you're going to scare away your enemy with your body odor. He's like, come here, give me your, your laundry, you know? And then afterwards he smells them and he's like, oh, come here. You smell so good. Let me give you a hug. But the spirit, and when the soldiers see not just that, but that Jews all over the world, Jews like you and me are rallying for them and praying for them and having Shabbat for them and lighting candles for them. You know, and some of you may have seen on November 17th, we're having a Shabbat dinner for the hostages, one seat for each one. And we're inviting people to fill the table. We're filling up fast. I think we're like a third full already. Um, if you live in Cleveland, please, please come. And if you don't live in Cleveland, come for Shabbos and be my guest and I will host you. But when the soldiers in Israel see how the entire Jewish nation locally and all over the world are rallying for them, it lifts their spirits to such an enormous degree that I believe it makes them invincible. That feeling that you're, what are you fighting for? You're part of a beautiful nation. You're part of a moral nation. You're part of a godly nation. This is worth fighting for. Destroying evil is worth fighting for. And it's just that, that spirit, you know, is everything. We have to give our soldiers that spirit. We cannot get discouraged and despondent and depressed. We can't afford it. You know, and if watching all this stuff and reading all this stuff, is more harm than good for you, then stop doing it. Then that's not your thing. Then just say more prayers and do more mitzvahs and send more money and do what you can do. Whatever you can do to keep your spirit up, that's what you should do. Okay, so the verse once again, the spirit of a man will sustain his illness, but a broken spirit who can bear. So the commentary says as follows, if a person's spirit is strong, it will sustain even a sick body with its courage and patience. There was a, a story I read a long time ago. There's a Jewish writer. Her name is Sarah Shapiro. She lives in Israel. Her father was a kind of famous guy. His name was Norman Cousins. And he was also a writer. And he wrote a book. He had, um, I don't know exactly what his illness was, but he wrote a book about curing his illness through laughter. Very, very interesting, right? And it was about this spirit, the spirit. And that's why I think it's so important to share jokes about the war because we have to laugh. We we have to laugh. And guess what? There's a reason Jews are so funny. It's because we've been cracking jokes about our adversity for millennia. And guess what? That's awesome. Somebody shared with me a video the other day. Okay. I'm going to share this video with you guys too. <laughs> um, it was like a video of this fake redneck. I think it was actually a Jewish comedian who made it. I forgot his name. And he's like, okay, so what if I hate Jews and Arabs? Like, I don't want to take a side in this war. I think they're both terrible. And, you know, it was, it was tongue in cheek and it was actually funny. I don't know. Maybe some people will think it's tasteless. I thought it was hilarious because you have to keep your spirit strong. And if part of keeping your spirit strong is through humor, 
by all means, God bless. You know, there's a story in the Midrash about Eliyahu Hanavi, Elijah the prophet, and he's strolling through the marketplace and somebody approaches him and he says, Elijah the prophet, who in this marketplace do you think is going to heaven? And he, he points to these two guys. He says, you see these two guys? And they look and they, there are these two guys that their job is they stroll around the marketplace and they make jokes and they make people smile and they make them laugh. He says, you see those two guys? Those guys are destined to go to heaven. Those guys, why? They're not like doing anything major. They're not praying and studying Torah and, you know, giving tzedakah. They're just walking around cracking jokes. And he said, yes, but look how much good they're doing in the world. They're bringing a smile to the downtrodden and they're making people feel good about their life. Do you understand what a mitzvah that is? So every time you share a funny meme on social media, you guys, you are getting closer to heaven. It is an actual mitzvah to keep our spirits up. Okay, and the commentary concludes by saying, if the spirit is sick, however, then a person's case is much graver as the sickness may even affect the body, right? That when a person is feeling depressed and discouraged, it affects your body. You don't sleep well. You don't eat well. You don't feel well. People get back trouble and they, you know, have all kinds of symptoms because they're feeling so sad and despondent and disconnected on the inside. So, it's such an important mitzvah to keep our, our, our spirit strong. And I know I've spoken to some of you about the power of Psalms, about turning to the words of King David and utilizing them as an opportunity for courage and comfort and connection and confidence. Those words are so powerful. King David gives voice to all the angst and discouragement that a person might feel, but he just leads towards confidence at the end. He's like, but God, you will help me out of this, but I have confidence, but things will be okay, but justice will be restored, but I will smile and sing when you answer my prayer as God. And that's the kind of, you know, attitude that we really need, that we really need right now. So the spirit the spirit of a Jew, the spirit of the Jewish nation, the spirit of Israel, you got to keep your spirit up because it is everything. Okay, final thoughts or comments before we close. Oh, Heather, yes. There was something that I saw that I thought was really funny and I wanted to post it. And then like the guy ends with something racist about Arabs and I was like oh it's like so I didn't post it but the beginning part was funny and it looks so real that he was like the White House press correspondent or something or and he was like Jews of the world stop protesting we need you to go back to work oh my gosh he's I like, saw that. For, you know he's like there are no doctors or lawyers available <laughs> and we need you. He's like, for example, I have an earache. There's nobody I can call. <laughs> and I was like, it was so funny. Yeah. And then he said something about like, something about like, we don't need something about Arabs and slushies or something. Yeah. And I was like, he's like oh. He's like, we don't care if like, Palestinians go to work. So what, there'll be one less person working the slushy thing or something. I yes. know. Also, and I, was like, I was like, why did you have to ruin it by saying that? Exactly, like, yeah. exactly. Oh. Thanks for the chizuk. I feel like I just had a spiritual injection. We're on fire, you guys. <laughs> I'm Yisrael Chai. Woo! Woo. <laughs> so, 
so ladies, Saturday night at Heather's house, we're having a, um, at 8.15, Moshi Shabbos, we're going to be having a psychologist speak, Corinne Caputo, who you know, and Katja Balton. She has sound bowls. So we're going to have a little kind of a working our way through this uh, navigating through difficult times night. So Beautiful. ladies, Octus and at Heather's house at 8.15. So Thank if you, you are want to come, please well, um, just tell Mayor Heather so we can get an account for chairs because we have the only. Yeah, I think Heather posted chairs. it on the on the chat on Thursday. Did you, okay. Heather? Okay. I didn't do it for Thursday. I just was. I just did Monday day and Monday night oh. because I know so, that yeah, they're all local. Go ahead and share it. Um, oh, yes, okay. yes, please. And then I want to sure. remind you guys as well before we close to please sign up. You can go on our website, jewishfamilyexperience.org and sign up for the November 17th Shabbat dinner. Yes, yeah, absolutely. We'll be there. Fill the table. Yep. Yes, Yay. I saw. Thank you. Thank you for everybody who already signed up. And please send it to friends. Even this is the time, like even friends who never do Shabbat or you don't think it's in their comfort zone, you know, we're doing it for the hostages. So put yourself out of, you know, your usual habits and really like, let's, let's fill the table. Okay. Thank you, ladies. It was wonderful to be with all of you today. May Hashem fill us with courage and joy and confidence and faith. And may he give our soldiers the wisdom and the courage and the strength to restore justice to the world. Amen. 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 Thank, Thank you. you. Pleasure. Bye, guys. Shabbat shalom. Bye. Thank you.